Blog Talk Radio. The Four Persons, Inc. is a federally registered and licensed 501c3 charity. Any use of any of our content without our permission is prohibited by law. Our purpose is evangelization, education, and social action. Please go to our website at thefourpersons.com or our blog site at thefourpersons.net to make your tax-deductible donation by credit or debit card. You can also send a check to The Four Persons, Inc., P.O. Box 11214, Manassas, Virginia, 20113. To contact us, send us an email at email at thefourpersons.com. Now welcome to the Catholicism Rocks show brought to you by our friends at CatholicismRocks.com. This is our weekly show promoting the site built on the notion that there is nothing on earth better than being a Catholic. about to hit the four persons. recorded our theme song. We are already friends and supporters of each other's ministries. Now, Lisa Marie Nicole is officially joining us as a show host and we could not be more thrilled. The demand for appearances on the Rocking for God show has been extraordinary including a very significant guest for the kickoff show. Lisa Marie Nicole, Rocking for God on the Four Persons Network. It's coming October 7th. Don't miss it. Tonight with uh, 
for Catholicism Rocks, and that's in process. She should be calling in any minute. Meanwhile, let me welcome uh, – hold on a second. Hello? Yeah, are you there? I'm here, brother. Just, all right. I was just trying to make sure I had the, had the connection. Uh, Luis Segondo is with us. How are you doing, Luis? It's a pleasure. Um, I'm happy to – Return as you know, co-host. Well, not you know when I'm needed, try, but I'm happy to be here. I find <laughs> it a I find it a pleasure. I find it a, a very strong service to Christ, Ave Maria. I'm very happy just going in the faith, you know, collecting Catholic books too. I have an entire list. I'm very excited for next month. I'll be ordering them. How are you, brother? We're doing good. What are you reading now? Right now, I'm. Um, Trying to go through the Didache, which is probably the second most important Catholic book right after the Bible. Mm-hmm. Did you and, happen um, to listen to uh, Did you happen to listen to uh, William Hemsworth uh, two part show on that? Not yet. Okay, but still, I'll send you the links. He did a two part show on the Didache. You might find it very informative. I'll send you the link to it. I would love to listen to it. I mean, it's just, again, right after the Bible, it's the most, you know, important Catholic book. And, you know, yep. I would say, you know, it's 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 the first catechism from the Catholic Church. Um, yep. And uh, Absolutely. I, I, I want to add to my collection. How are you? Um, what are you reading, brother? Doing, doing good. I'm reading a book that um, Luke recommended to me called Love is Letting Go of Fear. Um, so uh, it's a short little book. I've only gotten about a third of the way through it, so I'm not sure what I think about it yet. But anyway, let's welcome uh, Cherry Malorca, Catholicism Rocks. Cherry, how are you doing today? Cherry, can you hear us? Cherry, if if you're there, you might have your microphone turned off. We're not hearing you. Is your microphone yes, muted? Brother, you there? I'm trying to say, see if you can hear me. Jerry, I hear there? you. Uh, she just dropped. I think she's going to try to reconnect. Okay. So, uh, looking at, um, have you been looking at Catholicism Rocks in this uh, Halloween writing contest? I was wondering if you had the chance to take a look at that. Is that directed to me? Yeah. Can you repeat that one more time, please? The Halloween writing contest. Let me let me bring Cherry back on. Cherry, can you hear us? Hi. I am here now, but can you hear me? Yeah, we, we got you now. So, Cherry, why don't you start off by talking about the Halloween mm. writing contest? Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, Come again? The, the, the Halloween, Halloween writing contest. Ah, yeah, about the Halloween contest is uh, the details are actually found in the um, website of the Catholicismrocks.com. Uh, this is a writing contest of the story for a Halloween for the perspective of the Catholics. So we all know that. Um, the, the people in Halloween are wearing costumes and uh, making story, uh, scary stories. Now, how are we going to make this something positive and to uh, to promote that, um, you know, trust in the Lord? In, here, in the Philippines, actually, we changed that. Instead of wearing uh, scary costumes, we are encouraging the children to wear uh, costumes of the saints. So they're going to showcase the costumes of their favorite saints. And speaking of the saints, today we are actually celebrating the feast of the first Filipino saint, Saint Lorenzo Ruiz, a martyr. Oh, okay. uh, yeah, a catechist. So uh, during the Halloween, most of the, you know, in the commercial businesses are promoting these costumes of uh, like ghosts, but in a Catholic school like us in San Beda, we are trying to make uh, like a paradigm shift in wearing the costumes. The children are going to have um, 
uh, asked Candy, but they're going to wear the costumes of their saints, like uh, Saint Therese of the Child Jesus or Saint Claire. So they're going to showcase and uh, tell why they want to to be like them. So it's a promotion of a Halloween, a holy win. Instead so of how long, uh, how long are these stories supposed to be? The stories that are being uh, submitted. I mean, how long of a Actually, story are they looking for? Actually, uh, it should start already, and it, it will uh, started already. And uh, there is a time uh, until October, October 7th, in the deadline of submission, and that story that will be picked will be published in the website. No, no, I don't mean how long is the contest going. I mean, how long should the story be? The story that somebody that somebody writes, how long should it be? I like... How many pages? Uh, I'll wait. I am not sure about the pages yet, but uh, uh, maybe not more than uh, five minutes uh, read reading, so not that long. Okay. And uh, it's not actually the the length, but it's the content of the story that would be uh, judged by those who will be doing this. So a little short story. Uh, Luis, mm-hmm. I'd like you um, talk about the history because, you know. Halloween is actually like uh, a lot of a great holidays like Christmas. Halloween mm-hmm. is also a Catholic holiday. It was just secularized. Um, I think Taylor mm-hmm. Marshall um, did an excellent explanation. Halloween, Halloween's its true name is called Hallow's Eve, All Hallow's Eve. And it was a day to remember and celebrate the saints. So um, I think it's very appropriate for the Philippines to be... Um, not even... A lot of people will say it's changing Halloween, but it's quite the opposite. Mm-hmm. It's actually reverting Halloween back to what it always was intended to be. Uh, a day to remember the departed, those who are now in heaven, the saints. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it's just great. Um, it pains me to see um, how many holidays have been secularized. Um, even a, a Protestant friend who's on, actually on the road of Catholicism has acknowledged that um, many of our holidays, half of them come from the Catholic Church, Christmas, Halloween, um, St. Patrick's Day, St. Valentine's Day, um, one moment, please. All right. Oh, by the way, John, so the deadline is on October 15. Uh, so this is from the web page. You're invited to our Halloween writing contest, ready to show off your spooky and spiritual writing skills. The deadline of submission of entry is on October 15. And what else is going on over there at uh, Catholicism Rocks? What else is going on over there? We're going to have also the Rosary Challenge, and uh, nomin- we are going to nominate some uh, the friends or the people that we know to pray the Rosary with us. And um, we're going to to take a video of that uh, Rosary and we will publish that also to encourage people around the world. So there will be connections, like from the Philippines, I will be nominating you for, for uh, to pray with me, and then um, we'll pray together, and then we will have it uh, video posted in the website, and also uh, then you will nominate another person to pray the rosary. And this will be um, continued until the end of October, as the mm-hmm. Rosary Month is October. All right. So this okay. is the Halloween story competition in a Catholic from a Catholic perspective. So this will be hosted on Catholicism Rock's website. And we are going to ask you to share your thoughts on how to celebrate the holiday in a way that honors our faith or write a spine-telling tale that includes Catholic themes. The winning entries will be published on the Catholicism website, and the author will also receive a blessed prayer card with a second-class relic of a saint. 
So I hope that you will not miss this opportunity to showcase your talent and deepen your faith by writing um, a fiction. It can be a fiction or non-fiction, and the deadline of submission is on October 15. Please submit your entry starting today. All right. All right. And what's going on in uh, what's going on in your ministry now? Anything new? Wow! Thank you for asking. Tomorrow I'm going to have a special uh, event, and I am inviting you. But because you can't make it, is I understand. This is a celebration of life, as I am going to be on um, a new milestone in my life. Celebration of friends, as I invited my uh, friends from different countries that I have met in social media as we are going to promote each and everyone's ministry. So this will be in, uh, with musical uh, showcase. Some uh, some people who are having their music ministry will also showcase their, their ministry. Like I have invited the the founder, the author, and the, the singer uh, of the um, Angelus Music, no other than uh, Brother John Beats, but I'm not sure if he can make it. But he allowed me to use his music. It's very, you know, inspiring. We can use it for retreat. Others will be from uh, Healing Ministry, like Anthony Nayagan, and a lot more. So I hope that you will join us. This will be in uh, live streaming in my Facebook page. Yes, so I hope yeah. you can join us. I will be at work, but if I can, if I can get a couple of minutes to to drop in, I will. I'll I'll certainly do that. Are you working on any more video projects or anything like that? I'm back, by the I way. Have... I'm sorry about that. Okay, no problem. Go ahead, Terry. Like You're working to... on any video uh, projects or anything? Uh, I have a. Uh, today's challenge uh, actually journey with Mother Mary so every day I try to uh, post a video about Mother Mary like uh, her feast days started it off from uh, La Nina Maria Mother Mary when she was a child and then I have also uh, included there another title Our Lady of Peña Francia Our Lady of Maria Inapuan Bato, our uh, native uh, image of Mother Mary, Our Lady of Montserrat, and every day I'm trying to reflect on these important images of Mother Mary in our life. But sometimes I also do a live live video uh, reflection, just like yesterday I wasn't able to, to post a video, but instead I went uh, to a live streaming and uh, Contemplating on the mysteries of the Rosary. So yesterday was a mystery of glory. So I shared with my audience, with my followers, that uh, I was in uh, the mysteries of glory because of the good news that I was already, um, I received uh, already a notification from Facebook that I have the uh, qualification to have this uh, in ad streaming, so that's a good news for my ministry, so that I can have funds for the 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 videos that I will be making. I need have to have really some gadgets, some platforms that I can use to produce quality videos. All right. Awesome. And and Lewis, you're still on the front lines with uh, Luke Haskell and others doing doing battle. Uh, with the anti-Catholics and social media, correct? I have, that is fully mm-hmm. correct. And I've also taken it to Discord. Um, but I'm still mostly doing it on Facebook. And um, it's a battle. They're very stubborn. Um, we made a joke. I don't know if a Protestant or evangelical was like, talking to a wall. They never listened to responses. Um, <laughs> and again, it's, they've been brainwashed and conditioned so much that no matter what you tell them, it's always going to be the same answer. Um, 
There's just no nice way of saying it. It's almost like trying to argue with a mentally ill person. Right. Sometimes I question maybe I'm a fool for even trying to get through to them. But um, I try and hopefully we'll get somewhere. We were arguing with this a gentleman that goes by the name of Sergeant Online. And um, another one that names himself 66 after the 66 man-made Protestant canon. Again, he he was silencing all the Catholics and all the Eastern Orthodox because, you know, um, he would attack us for um, playing the saints, our Marian dogma, and he would never listen to any other responses. He was still desperate over, the, for example, things like the canon. We tried to tell him the Protestants were the first to eliminate the seven Deuteronical books, and he was like, but weren't there, like, early Christians that doubted them? We were like, sure, but that was basically to all Old Testament books were doubted and called into question. But it was the church as a whole, the church fathers, the bishops, the successors of the apostles, coming together through the Holy Spirit, through the magic, which is the magisterium, that determined they were valid. So, you know, this is prior to the schism between Catholics and Orthodox. This was just um, that we were in full unity. We determined that they were fully valid. So there was no church that ever denied them until Protestants showed up. And the guy was so desperate, but they were individuals. And I kept, we kept trying to tell them, yes, individuals. But ultimately, it was not just up to the individual. And ultimately, it was not personal to those seven books. They were all called into question. But the guy just kept repeating, recycling the same argument until we all just gave up and left. Right. So just letting everybody know, everybody is listening in, some of the things that are going to be coming up on the four persons. Tomorrow, uh, we have Terry Delp on with uh, Taking It to the Streets, and we're going to kind of be talking about the charism of infallibility and when and when um, it's, you know, the, the Pope is speaking in, uh, infallibly and officially uh, as a matter of, doctrine or discipline or when he's just giving his own opinion. So we're going to have a discussion mm-hmm. about that. Now, that's you tomorrow. You know thing about infallibility um, that Protestants, I can't believe they don't get it. For example, like back going back to the Old Testament, infallibility was shown with Moses. Uh, Moses was a prophet that directly spoke to God frequently. And whenever Moses was, you know, told to do or say something directly from God, well, that's showing what we call, similar to what we believe with papal infallibility, uh, it's Moses being a vessel, you know, of God speaking to his people. So they understand that Moses was never wrong when God was speaking through him, you know. But they can't understand that same logic applies to the Pope, too. Where, you know, in regards to papal infallibility, and I just don't get it. Right. Similar to how there was a chair of Moses, there ended up being a chair of Peter. Do you see where I'm going, yep. John? Yep. Yep. And, um, an, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Chair. Sorry for cutting you off. Yeah, that would be an interesting topic, uh, infallibility of the Pope, because nowadays many are actually questioning uh pope francis yeah but you know i am not really that into apologetics because in my opinion personal opinion salvation is not a matter of reason it is a matter of experience and unless we we experience our faith it is it will remain philosophy but we will not be saved by a philosophy so yeah i am not closing my door in in argument, especially when our religion is questioned, especially when our faith is um, actually uh, being, you know, questioned by other religions. But I'm also opening my door for, um, what you call it, Um, I am not into more on argument, but I am more into... uh, trying to be uh, opening minds and doors because we have only one God, especially the Christians. There are a lot of Christians denomination, but I think it's better for us to unite and meet uh, halfway so that Jesus will be happier in, instead of you know fighting and telling who is right and who is wrong. But this is only from my personal perspective. I really admire. You have the right intention, yeah. but 
the way we unite and get them to, you know, work with us is by showing them that not only are we not heretics, we were the first Christians. I know what you mean, and you do have good intentions, but Protestants, because they don't look at us as Christians, even though um, if anyone at best isn't Christians, it wouldn't be us, it would be them, because they came from us. And they're very quick to modify God's words. Um, the only way that they will respect us, and I've had it happen to me, is if we show them that we are Christians and the first Christians. So it's not that we we want to do we, we want to argue with them just so for pride. We're, we want to we want to show them through logic and reasoning through the Holy Spirit and Scripture and the sacred tradition that we're not the bad guys. That we're good, you know. Yeah. And so I know you, you know. And yeah, and the word Christian actually, I I said when my my students are uh, when I ask them what is your religion, teacher I am Christian, yeah, but I am Christian too. All those who are believers of Jesus are Christians, but we have to be uh, honestly that the word Christian now became generic. Why? There is a Catholic Christian, there is a Protestant Christian, born-again Christians, evangelical Christians. We are all Christians, but in a generic, there's always a, a brand, the best brand, and I believe that the Catholic Christians. But even the Catholic has the, the Roman Catholic, the Orthodox Catholic. Yeah, I don't know why uh, these Christians are claiming that they are Christians and we Catholics are non-Christians. But yeah, that's also why you have we have apologetics. We have apologists like you guys, and I really salute your you know your ministry and your your uh, your goal of defending our Catholicism, our Catholic faith, Christians. We are the first Christians. So Friday uh, morning, we're going to be playing a pre-recorded episode on the uh, Catholic Ken Apologetics Show, and it's a show that me mm -hmm. and Ken actually recorded on Tuesday. It's going to be playing on Friday, and it's kind of a question and answer session going back right back to what uh, Lewis uh, was saying, is these are questions that have been posed by Protestants, by non-Catholics, about why Catholics believe certain things, and, and uh, we have an hour-long show kind of answering some of those questions. And then Friday evening, we're going to be interviewing Maria Bain. She's an author with JMJ uh, Publishing, and we're going to be talking to her about her book, The Glory of God. That's Friday evening, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, and then Saturday at noon Eastern, it's the return of the burnt toast and coffee show with William Hemsworth. So that's just uh, some of the some of the stuff that that's that's coming up. So going back to what you're what you're experiencing um, as we're getting you know closer to October and everything, and it's kind of ironic that the Protestant revolt started on October 31st and. That's kind of when the, the, the day, which was a holy day, as you said, All Hallows' Eve kind of took uh, uh, evil connotations, and, and, and the devil always always apes the church and turns something good into something evil. Uh, how, Louis, do you think that we turn, uh, turn All Hallows' Eve back into something holy again? I think that would be a great idea. And it's an excellent way to um, fight Protestantism and all its confusion with charity. I mean, like, um, you know, we do it against accurate um, explanations of scripture and sacred tradition, and also just church history, too. Um, hello? Yeah, I hear you. Yes, yeah. We're listening. Well, I hear you. I mean, um, Are you still there? Yes, I am. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, I'm very looking... How are you guys looking forward to Nicaea 2025? Um, I don't really know that much about it at this point. Why don't you, why don't you tell us? It's a... Uh, 
from what I've known, it's a big, big deal. It's a, a an ecumenical council based on the the council that happened, I believe, 700 years ago, uh, in the year which will be at the year it will be 700 years in the year 2025. Um, the Council of Nicaea, um, or a thousand years or something around that. But um, the Catholic Church and the Orthodox churches will be having a council. Which is a very big deal, John. Um, one of our one of the patriarchs of the of the Orthodox churches, um, he recognizes the Pope is valid. Well, technically, by doctrine, they have to, but um, they they want to talk things out and see if they can resolve some of the differences and work towards reunification. Um, the Orthodox, unlike our Protestants, they are much closer to the truth. You know, because, you know, they're the Christians that are most like Catholics. Um, and it's wonderful to see us, you know, coming closer and closer to becoming one again. In fact, one of the patriarchs, I don't know what his name was, but he said it, uh, Catholic and Orthodox reunification is inescapable. And I find that very beautiful. Christianity will return to what it was the same way it broke apart. It started. It always started with, you know, the one and only Holy Catholic and Apostolic Church. The Orthodox, they broke up from us first, then the Protestants. And in the same way that they broke off, they're returning to us. And I find that, you know, something we look, look forward to. Because, um, I think, you know, go ahead. Well, I think the Eucharistic con- uh, Congress is, uh, the Eucharistic uh, um Revival is a good stepping off point to that, because if, if that's something that we need uh, in, in the church, I mean, I, I heard a poll recently that said on, that two-thirds of American Catholics don't believe in the real presence, which is just a, a, astounding to me. Um, we have our lukewarms, John, and lukewarms will always be the high majority. Protestants aren't any different. I, I thought... Um, I saw an article that says that most American Protestants don't believe in faith alone, but faith alone was one of the pillars that Protestantism started with. Right. So, again, that shows, you know, it's not just us. But it doesn't mean we shouldn't have to work towards fixing the problem. But um, one of the things that um, was foretold to happen is that we would be um, straight down to only the true and faithful Catholics. And I think that that's, in a way, a good thing. What's your opinion? What do you? What, what are your thoughts, guys? Well, I'll let Cherry go first. Cherry, what do you think? <laughs> yeah, I was just uh, reading that the first council of Nicaea happened in 325, and uh, yeah, this is a great day for this unification of the church. But I know that the church is like, yeah, we are always facing some issues of questions. Each and every group now, Protestants, are questioning about our our authority, the authority of the church. But yes, we have the history. We can prove them all of this, that indeed we are the true religion. But somehow along the way, uh, there are some issues that uh, we have to handle also. And this is the proof that going back in uh, around 400 or 300 years, there were no Protestants yet. There were no other religion. There were no uh, evangelists. And that that is in the history, not just in the history. We can prove them because the the relics, the remains of the the apostles who are the eyewitnesses of Jesus can be found in our church. But there's always a conflict. Jesus was, was not uh, actually spared from these questions by the elders in the church, by the by the people who are working in the church. So let us just continue working for the glory of God. But uh, yeah, as what I have said, our Pope is really also doing an excellent job. He is doing his best to improve uh, and to to face the world, not only the the anti-Catholics, but even those who are non-Christians. 
because that is I believe Jesus wants us because Jesus God is not an exclusive person he is inclusive he is embracing all even the non-Christians even the non-believers of Jesus Christ and I just found an article online from uh, Catholic News Agency about uh, it's the 1700th anniversary of the Council of Nicaea will be up in 2025 um this looks like a big deal. I'm going to do a lot more, a lot more reading about it, but uh, it looks, it looks like a big step forward. So, uh, just letting you know, yeah. I'm hearing uh, this for the whole show. I've been hearing some kind of background noise. It, it, Lewis and Sherry, are you hearing that? Like a humming I, sound? No, no, no. I, I didn't. I can't hear that. Uh, I'm so sorry, a gentleman, John Edward. Uh, I have to go because I have I have a class. I have a class today. The day is actually morning, 7:35 a.m. in the morning, and my class will start at 7:50. Okay. So just real quick before you leave, let everyone know. Let everyone know where they can find Catholicism rocks. All right, so Catholicism Rocks are also um, available. We have a newsletter actually at LinkedIn. I, I have also, I am managing, I am posting also some different uh, blogs and videos in the Catholicism Rocks um, in LinkedIn. We have the page there. Casual uh, uh, and Sean give me the the authority to, to manage it. So I am one of the uh, administrator there. And also Catholicism Rocks. Of course, we have the Facebook page, the Catholicism Rocks group, Messenger. And you can find us also in the Twitter, Instagram. And uh, this is for the Catholic people who are going, who are willing to to promote the, the faith and build bridges of prayer across the world. So this is not just in U.S., in Ireland, in Canada, in the Philippines, but we are inviting you all guys from different places of the world, different countries to join us. Let us unite as a Catholic. Let us be vigilant with our faith. And let us also not just aspire to be famous, to be known, but inspire I believe that yep. God wants us to inspire one another. Amen. So, Amen. Well, have a good have, good luck with your class. All right. Thank you, and happy feast day to our uh, own Saint Lorenzo Ruiz, the first Filipino saint. Thank you for this uh, time. Thank you for having me. God bless us all, and please watch and join us in my um, event tomorrow at at that's eight o'clock in the evening in the Philippines. I believe that's early morning in your place. Okay. Thank you. God bless you. All right. God bless. See you later. And uh, Luis, going back to your, uh, going back to your battles online, what are the principal issues that you guys are debating now? The principal issue is always the canon of scripture, solar scriptura, and um, getting Protestants to admit that they're divided. We were, for example, online, uh, the, the two gentlemen that I mentioned, they were attacking Catholics and Orthodox for, you know, splitting over, like, the Falokwe and um, the Falokwe and ancestral and original sin. And he said the Protestants basically implied that Protestants don't have that same issue, if not worse. And I'm like, well, everybody started calling him out in the ninth and on his nonsense. We we referenced the fact that all Protestant churches are not in communion with each other. All the mutual hatred, all the mutual fighting since the beginning of the Reformation. He was like, but we still consider each other brothers. I was like, do you guys? Because you guys attack each other a lot and call each other heretics and not real Christians. Um, I don't understand how you can, you know, say all that stuff and consider yourselves in the same team. It's pure sophistry. So, That's all he's engaging in. So, um, you you know that recently we had on uh, Carl Keating, right, as a guest? Um, yes. And we're about to have on, on the debut of 
uh, Lisa Marie Nicole show, we're going to have Deacon Harold Burke Sivers. And shortly after, yeah, and shortly after that, we're going to have Mike Aquilina. And we also have uh, Dr. Scott Hahn is going to be making an appearance on our show, although You're we don't know. You're kidding me, him? No, I'm not kidding you. I just don't know. We don't know the date yet. So we can't formally Dr. announce Scott. it yet because we don't know we don't know the date that it's going to be yet. Dr. Scott Hahn is legendary in the Catholic world. He was uh, a big convert to the Catholic faith. And we've also had Dustin Quick on. We've had uh, Swansona on. We've had Father Paul Hulis on. So we are really uh, – we've had E. Michael Jones on. We've had Kevin Simmons on. Um, we're really – and uh, the, the, we had the Catholic Pilgrim, Amy Thomas, on. Uh, again, Friday night, we're going to be having uh, Maria Bain on, another author. We've had Avelina Balestri on. Uh, we're really doing really, really good things. So anybody that happens to be listening uh, for the first time, we're doing really good things here at the four persons. And uh, me and Luke Haskell are doing a series on the Gospel of Matthew. And uh, we've got some great teachers here, uh, Lewis, don't we? I mean, Luke is great. William is great. Ken is great. God. I was just saying, Luke is great, William is great, Ken is great. I just think that we've got a lot of really good things uh, going on here. I'm really proud of the way the way things are going. And then, of course, we've got, you know, guys like you and Richard Pettis and uh, Chantel Reigns out there, you know, and, and Terry Delp kind of taking it to the, to the front lines, the social media, to the, you know, to the, the streets and getting the message out, and it's all, like you said at the beginning, doing God's work, and it's just it's just really joyful and fulfilling. Yes, it is, and I mean, you should be proud. We should be proud, um, but, I, I, you know, you're the leader. I give you most of the credit. Uh, we should be proud because, I mean, look at who you managed to get. Um, you got a big names like Deacon Harold. Um, who's legendary in the Catholic world and always active in the Catholic world. And we also have, like you just said, Scott Hahn. We've had big dogs at Swana. Um, that shows the, the fact that we've managed to get them on with their busy schedule show that, um, you know, this show is starting to become more recognized. And it's not for our glory, but um, it's becoming more recognized so we can spread the glory of Christ and his accurate teaching. And that's a wonderful thing. Um, I consider myself probably the weakest, you know, I feel like I should continue on my journey of forming myself so I can serve the church better. But yes, we've come a long way and um I just want us to finally reach out that thousand mark, um, you know, for followers on the page and you know, um and see where we go from the future. Another yeah. topic that I wanted to bring up is media. Uh-huh. We have to be careful what we watch in the media because the media as a whole has an extremely strong bias against the Catholic Church. They sure do. Uh, The Catholic Church is definitely on the top because they know that we are the true church. We're the church that gave birth to all the others. So they always target us. And, again, they don't even try to hide it anymore. And I think, to be honest with you, I think uh, that anti-Catholic bias is present in both the liberal media and the conservative media. They both have a hostility towards Catholicism, uh, just from a different vantage point. But, um, you know, conservative media, for the most part, they're not friends with the Catholic Church by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, They have a very, very strong, um, you know, evangelical bent to them. Now, you know, it's probably better than... Well, that's because, I mean, it's... Go ahead. I was just going to say it's probably better than the than the strongly secular humanist bent on the other side, uh, but still, you know, to consider them uh, allies and friends of the Catholic Church, I think that would be, you know, a, a, a bit much. With I would say, with the exception of Newsmax, I think Newsmax is is pretty Catholic friendly, but uh, I, I'd say they're the exception, not the rule, wouldn't you? 
Yes. That's an exception, but for the most part, it's how we agreed. The media hates the Catholic Church, and I mean, it's not surprising because we were warned in Scripture and in church history would be hated. We're the Church of Christ. So um, be careful. We should, you know, maybe form a way of giving people advice on how what to find out to watch on television. Um, because the anti-hatred towards Catholicism is everywhere. Look at cartoons that make up like them specifically seem to have a fascination with bullying and making fun of the Catholic Church. I, you know what, Louis, I think it's a great idea. Here's what I'm going to challenge you to do. I'm going to challenge you to uh, put together a report for us on what you think are some of the trustworthy sources and sources that we should stay away from. Um, Tell me how long you need to, to, to kind of put that together. And we'll do a show on it, and you can kind of uh, show us what your findings are. Show us what you what you have found um, of uh, internet sources, TV sources, YouTube sources. What are some of the good ones and some of the bad ones? And uh, and and the big source that I like is um, sources. In what regard, by the way? I'm I'm just saying, put together, be be ready to do a show and give us some recommendations on where Catholics should go or should not go to get reliable information that's not hostile to their values. And, and, and that could include Internet sources. It can include TV sources, radio sources, you know, YouTube, print media, what, well, whatever, it, whatever it be. I have two people right off the top of my head, and they're amazing, both Catholics that are very vocal about their faith. Matt Walsh and Michael Knowles um, from the Daily Wire. They are extremely, again, um, proud Catholics. They defend the faith with such passion. And um, they cover conservative news. Matt Walsh even did uh, a show about it the other day. How um, The news above all hates the Catholic Church. And I just I, I love them. I find it extremely lucky for Ben Shapiro to have uh, workers like them. Do you know of the name of Candace Owens, John? Yes, yes. I know her. Well, her yes, husband, absolutely. she married a um, a conservative tradition, well, a conservative Catholic man who's very, um, very loving of the faith, mm-hmm. traditional. And um, she's slowly coming to the Catholic faith herself. And um, this is such an amazing thing. Catholicism has exploded on YouTube. Um, back when I was on YouTube, it was mostly Protestant dominated. And now the amount of Catholic users that have appeared there in the past five, seven years is insane. And I feel like yep. this was destined to happen. Go ahead. So how long do you think you would need to, to kind of put this together and for us to have a show? You need like a, a month, a couple of months? A, a month, a month, weeks? just one month, just a month. One month? Okay. So we'll circle back around the end of October, and uh, we'll be interested in what your what your findings are because uh, it sounds like you've already, uh, you know, off the top of your head, given some some really good good sources. I mean, right off the top of your head, I mean, where would you what what are some of the sources that you would say are are, are red flags? Stay away from them. Obviously, I would think that uh, that. See it, uh, CNN and MSNBC are probably very high on that list. Yes, um, pretty much all of the news stations are because they're all controlled by the same people. Um, another um, person you should probably stay away from that's not very reliable. Um, yikes, there's a lot of... Um, hmm. Someone that we should stay away from off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. No, I just said all the news stations have that bias, and I mean they're controlled by the same people. Uh, we just saw um, a news station covering uh, sex abuse in the Catholic Church, but they didn't cover all the sexual abuses in um, Protestant churches, even though they're happening right. more. Even secular I- people picked it up. Even secular I, people picked that up. Why doesn't they ever cover, you know, the sexual abuses in public schools or in right. um, Protestant churches, which have at higher rates than Catholic churches? Uh, why do they only specifically focus on the Catholic church? 
Well, because attacking those other groups doesn't fit their agenda. Um, so, you know, I, I, another uh, source I think that we should avoid, I, I think that we should avoid some of the, you know, the, the crazier uh, conspiracy theory type of sites like the Alex Joneses and, you know, people like that, uh, that, you know, that come up with this crazy stuff like 9-11 was an inside job and the, and these, and these school shootings are false flag, you know, staged events and, you know, just crazy stuff. Uh, a, YouTuber going... that was, a YouTuber that was caught doing things like that was like the vigilant Christian Mario. He took some true things, but at the end, he turned out to be crazy. He turned out to be um, a drug addict. Um, yeah. So, and again, he was Protestant. So, you know, Protestants are mostly the ones that come up with conspiracy theories, and it kind of makes sense because, you know, they're going by the, what their own interpretations say. They're not going by what the church has officially proclaimed. Well, what they what they tend to do is go by emotion. That that's their that's their driving force, and in uh, in all of their ideology, their driving force is is emotion. Okay, so we'll we're going to mark the calendar, and and about a month from now, about four weeks from now, we're going to circle back with Lewis, and we're going to do a show on uh, media sources that Catholics should and should not use. And Lewis, I really appreciate you calling in tonight, and you contributed some really, really great stuff. Have you heard from, from Richard? I know that he had that that really serious leg injury, but I haven't heard from him since then. How How is he doing? I haven't heard from them either. Um, they haven't said anything to me yet. Well, Richard, if you're listening, know that you will be in our prayers. We uh, are we praying be, for you, brother. Yeah, we'll continue praying for, uh, uh, for you. In fact, uh, why don't why don't you do that now? Why don't you why don't you just uh, uh, say a few prayers for Richard and for our mission to to, to close us out tonight? In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ, second second person of the Trinity, please send your Holy Spirit on Richard and his wife and heal him of his leg injury of, or and, and any of um, other injuries. Keep allowing him. To be a strong servant of the church and us as well. Keep us focused on your ministry and um, getting through to people, getting through to people um, with their anti-Catholic biases and brainwashing. Help us to do it with charity and grace. Help us to keep always focused on you. Help us to always discard our own personal um, desires and just to focus on you. Make us into your saints. Make us into perfect servants like your mother was, queen of heaven. Forgive us if we fall and give us the strength and grace to continue to walk with you. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you, brother, and you have a wonderful week. Uh, Until the next time, uh, maybe we'll... uh, try to squeeze in a show on Saturday or Sunday. So God bless you. And until next time, I'll be in touch. See you later, brother. See you soon.